Welcome back, everyone, to the Kick-Ass of Class podcast. It's a wonderful life. Now, many people are torn in this classic Christmas film. Some love it. Some can't stand it. I even have a friend that I found out recently has never actually seen It's a Wonderful Life. And I've been telling him, man, you have to watch this movie. It's much, much different than what you think it is. Now, I happen to think it's one of the greatest films of all time. I also happen to think it's an incredibly important film, especially as we consider the mental health epidemic that we find ourselves in at the moment. There is so much to love about this movie, but perhaps what I love best is that it goes well beyond the surface level feel good that are most holiday films. In fact, it's quite a dark movie. And most people don't know that both the star of the film, Jimmy Stewart, as well as its director, Frank Capra, were both struggling to reacclimate themselves back to civilian life and their careers after both serving in World War II. So it was the first movie that both of them had made after coming back from the war. And in today's episode, we are going to dig deeper into what It's a Wonderful Life can be even when it seems as if it's not. Before that, though, be sure to follow along with us online. You can check us out at moreclass.com. That's more, K-L-A-A-S.com. You can connect with us on LinkedIn and Instagram. We'd love to hear from you, and we would love to support you along your career and leadership journey. Until then, though, let's dig in. So it's a wonderful life, even when it seems as if it's not. Now, the movie opens up uh, with a couple of senior angels in heaven. And they call upon this junior angel, Clarence. Now, Clarence has yet to earn his wings, but he has promised that if he can help a particular man on earth by the name of George Bailey, then he will earn his wings. But again, we have this opening exchange that I think sets the tone for the entire film, but also sets the tone for much larger lessons that we're going to talk about. And the exchange is this. So the senior angels say, Clarence, a man on earth needs our help. And he says, well, is he sick? And they say, no, worse, he's discouraged. So again, Clarence, a man on earth needs our help. Is he sick? No, worse, he's discouraged. Now, there may be more famous lines uh, or memorable lines from the excellent script of It's a Wonderful Life, but I find no more poignant reference to the hidden dangers of discouragement than those lines. A man on earth needs our help. Is he sick? No, he's not sick. He's discouraged. So despite traditional perception, it's a Wonderful Life is a very dark movie. Uh, it's a story of a man that is seeped in bitterness, resentment, and jealousy. Uh, he's known to fly into fits of rage. So although he's a father and he's a husband and he's a community leader, many people know him as these great things. He actually thinks that the world would be better off had he never been born. And ultimately, he attempts suicide. Now, had the movie been made in modern times, perhaps we would consider it an independent uh, or a very in important independent film, right? Something that is challenging the stereotypes of mental illness. But consider, though, that the movie was made in post-World War II, uh, in this triumphant rebirth of the American dream. And it's a wonder that the film was even made at all, let alone become the epitome of celebratory life for our holiday seasons. But much of what we're seeing in the story and progression of George Bailey, the character on the screen, is also a story of pain and performance. So, Great performances in art, uh, great performances in sport are often inspired by great pain. So whether that's Brett Favre's uh, miraculous passing display against the Oakland Raiders the day after his father died, or even going further back in history, right? Shah Jahan's commission of the Taj Mahal after the passing of his wife in childbirth. Now, in this particular case, after spending two years as a bomber pilot and squadron commander over the skies of Germany, Jimmy Stewart, the actor, 
was performing in his first movie post-war and unknown to audiences and unknown to film critics, the movie star was actually suffering from PTSD. He had flown over 20 combat missions in World War II. Uh, hundreds of men in his command had been lost, and he also was carrying immense guilt of killing civilians during one particular tragic air raid mistake. So the film performance of Jimmy Stewart, the actor, may not necessarily have been motivated by uh, trying to inspire others with just another holiday Christmas film. Rather, it may have been one man's attempt for redemption, if only in his own mind, because pain is uncontrollable, right? And its grip is unyielding. So it may be surprising to learn that those battling great pain are often people that are also high performers, athletes, law enforcement, military members. These are all people that are commonly associated with adopting a laser focus while in the midst of pain or fear. And if you think about your own life, there may be people, uh, your, your family members, co-workers in your office, or maybe a neighbor. These are people that are high performers, uh, people that you think have everything together, but it's also very possible that they are the same people who are battling great pain. And that pain that they're going through just also happens to help them be great performers as well. So I once had a friend, and he told me a story, and I think it encapsulates much of this perfectly. His daughter um, was in the hospital and she had almost died, uh, but they were able to save her. But he said that after being awake for 48 hours, uh, and only once the doctors had insisted that he go home to rest while she recovered, once they knew that she was going to be okay, he all of a sudden had this incomprehensible desire to go home and wash his car. Now, given the grand scheme of things going on around him, his daughter almost dying, it made no sense other than he had this innate need to accomplish a simple task. And he later concluded that this must have been his mind's attempt at a brief moment of control and that a routine fail-safe task like washing his car was something that could give him a moment of sane command, which he desperately needed in this season of uncontrollable fear and pain. So he needed to find something that he could control while everything else around him seemed so uncontrollable. So Jimmy Stewart, uh, he was already one of Hollywood's biggest stars before he went to war. But just a couple months after winning the Academy Award for the excellent movie, The Philadelphia Story, he went into war and he was 34 years old, a young Hollywood star uh, with an Oscar at 34 years old. And he returned three years later looking 50 years old. His body was the victim of guilt, the victim of trauma, uh, the victim of near starvation. He was no longer a young, handsome looking Hollywood star. He looked like an old man. Uh, he was stressed. His body was stressed. So although he slowly recovered physically, his mind and that of his screen character, George Bailey, were both fighting a similar enemy. They were fighting this enemy of discouragement, fighting this enemy of this shattered confidence in idealism, shattered confidence in themselves. They were dispirited, which is another word for the definition of discouragement, to be dispirited. So no matter how perfectly they could perform or how perfectly others saw them, they only saw the negatives. They were discouraged. So in the movie, It's a Wonderful Life offers George Bailey the rare opportunity to gain perspective on not only his own life, but that of the people around him, many of the people that he was carrying these burdens for, even if unnecessarily, he gets an idea of what life would be like had he not been there. So there's this pivotal scene in the movie where George visits a graveyard 
with his guardian angel, Clarence. And it's there that George learns that his younger brother, Harry, would not have survived had George never been born. Now, Harry uh, won the Medal of Honor. Uh, he won it for his heroic acts as a fighter pilot during the war, and he makes his triumphant return back home to the small town uh, of Bedford Falls. But George uh, saved Harry's life when they were young, and he finds out that had he never been born, that Harry never would have gone on to live, of course, and he never would have gone on to save hundreds of other soldiers' lives during the war. It was one life that impacted so many others. But what's interesting about this particular story in the movie is that it also mirrored something very similar in the real life of Jimmy Stewart when he was a pilot. Because he was a pilot, he was a bomber pilot during the war, and he was haunted by the fact that uh, over 130 of his men that flew in his squadron all died in a single air raid mission. And he happened to be grounded that day. He was not flying with his friends, flying with the other men in his command. And 130 of them died in one day. And he always thought to himself, well, could he have saved them had he been flying with them? Or even worse, maybe, should he have died along with them? Why did he survive? He was carrying survivor's guilt that many other people have. So in real life here, now we find Jimmy Stewart. He's in this movie. We have this story about George saving the life of Harry, but had George never been born, Harry never would have gone on to save other people's lives. George, or, or Jimmy Stewart rather, battling this old, this own conflict in his own mind about this guilt of other people dying. And he just really struggled with this. And about halfway through the film, he almost walked away. And not only did he almost walk away from finishing the movie, he almost walked away from acting altogether. But fortunately, he was met with perspective from a friend. And that friend was Lionel Barrymore. And many people um, know that Lionel Barrymore, uh, who, who plays Potter in the movie, uh, also happens to be the grandfather of the actress Drew Barrymore. But Lionel Barrymore was considered one of the greatest actors of his generation. And there was in a moment of frustration during the filming of the movie, and Stewart was venting to Lionel Barrymore um, about the prospects of continuing this, this career as so inconsequential as acting, saying that it was worthless. And Barrymore responded to him. He said, so are you saying that it's more worthwhile to drop bombs on people than to entertain them? But it was this simple anecdote that reaffirmed to Jimmy Stewart that his legacy was more than just his worst moments, that although he was a gifted pilot, he also had gifts as an actor. And his gifts as an actor perhaps were now needed most. So he went on, obviously, to film, finish the film. Uh, he bounced back. He went on to make 50 other movies in his Hollywood career, but he also went on to serve another 23 years in the military. He retired as an Air Force Reserve uh, Brigadier General in 1968. So perhaps what we can learn from that is that there is beauty that awaits all of us when we move past the self-judgment over the errors of our past, that what we are doing today still has meaning. So in the closing scene of It's a Wonderful Life, George is reunited with his family. Tragedy is saved. He's alive and he wants to live. And his friends rally around him. The community rallies around him. They pay tribute to him. They clear his debts. And they're doing this for a man that from the outside seems so measured. He seems so normal. He seems so successful. And he seems so meaningful to others. He was the last person on earth that many of them would ever have thought was battling demons and discouragement. So again, the word discouragement means a loss of confidence or enthusiasm or to be dispirited. So I love then that our final lesson comes from 
of spirit <laughs> from the angel, the guardian angel, Clarence. Before the closing credits of the movie, the family and friends sing together the classic Christmas song, Old Lang Zing, and has a line in that uh, song that goes, let's drink a cup of kindness together. So we hear a bell ring on the tree, and George's daughter reminds him that every time a bell rings, an angel gets his wings. And George opens up the book that his guardian angel Clarence had given to him, and it is inscribed with the parting words of wisdom. And it says, George, no man is a failure who has friends. No man is a failure who has friends. So that's it, folks. I hope this is meaningful. I hope that when you watch It's a Wonderful Life, again, you have different lessons that you can take away with you right now. And regardless of where you are in your journey, know that there is a guardian angel watching over you. And whether you have earthly friends or heavenly friends, no man is a failure who has friends. Your life has meaning. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year.